Sports nuts and beer gutsers. Sports nuts and beer gutsies. Sports nuts and beer guts fans. You've made it to episode 49. What? Almost a full year of sports nuts and beer guts. We're bringing it to you. Um, July 15th, episode 49. We've somehow managed to carry this podcast um, through the last several months with no sports. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about sports specific stuff. But you know what? We don't want to get super negative, super mundane about eh, is there going to be football? Is there not going to be football? So we got some NBA stories you might be interested in. We got some NFL talk we're going to talk about, um, and then we're going to we're going to somehow break down uh, how leagues can perform a lot better than the MLS has done because baseball is starting. I think spring training games actually start this weekend. So tonight, there's two spring training games this year. Two of them. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of hard for all the teams to play in those, but okay, go for it, baseball. Um, so tonight, we got myself, Logan Bryant. We got Chris Collette, Matt Hickman joining us. Matt, I see you're back in the regular booth there. You feeling good tonight? Yeah, back in the bunker. It's uh, I feel, feel more at home here. I had to listen for the kids last week, so I was in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris, you're back with your fancy new work schedule. How's that going? It's, uh, something it's <laughs> interesting. That's for sure. Uh, Hickman, I don't know if you know this, but Chris is a, a, a two shift day now kind of guy. I didn't know that. We are oh, yeah. uh, on a six to 11 schedule AM and PM. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hashtag COVID problems. <laughs> oh my gosh. When did this happen? Uh, this week. Sorry, dude. Is this a common Japanese solution? Um, good question. I don't know. Like, hey, you know what's easy? Let's just put everybody at five-hour blocks. And you know what? Let's just double it. AM and PM. That makes it easy. Well, it's not really everybody. I mean, it's... Only the best of the best, sir. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, happy birthday. That's a birthday uh, gift, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris is officially 22 years old. Yep. It's a big one. Go to shove go it up your ass, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Chuck E. Cheese. Come on, man. Oh, I'm so sick of that place. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Let's just go ahead and uh, and get into the negative Nancy of sports right now. Big Ten looks like they're going 10 conference games. They've already told the, uh, the non-conference people, see you later, sayonara, we ain't playing. Um, before I go any further, Hickman, what are the odds of these, you know, basically the Mac schools that were expecting to get, you know, four to $5 million playing two big 10 games a year. What are the odds that they sue the big 10 to hold upheld, uphold these contracts? No, it's, it's pretty high. Um, <laughs> because not only are we looking at the long-term survival of their, um, athletic programs, like some universities could be in some big time universities could be, in peril without those paydays. So, yeah, you're going to see the Akrons and Bowling Greens of the world do some lawsuits. You'll see it in the SEC, too. I mean, basically every Power 5 school that had a game like that is going to have have to contend with these things. So um, college sports will 
you know, dive into litigation and, you know, thank goodness there's a competent governing body over all of it to uh, <laughs> see it through. Uh, yeah, competent if you're comparing them to, I don't know, FIFA, um, comparing them to maybe uh, better than IOC, I know, Russian elections or something. But um, I, to me, I think the only thing that may prevent these schools from suing is I think if they do, that is the first domino that basically creates the power five becoming their own entity. I mean, the NCAA football is the only sport they don't control. They don't govern. They don't regulate. Uh, that's all the conferences that do that. They don't make any money off college football. Uh, the conferences make all their money on football. So I think those little schools start suing. Then all of a sudden the, the powers that be say, all right, you don't need our money. We would, we'll make a lot more money playing the big dogs uh, mm-hmm. and, and kind of rescheduling. But Chris, as Hickman just mentioned, you know, some of these colleges, sports teams may be in peril. Have you noticed what the first sport is to go on all of these campuses? Um, is it tennis? Uh, no, you might think tennis. It is a sport that gives more scholarships, has more travel, and costs more money. Football? And it's a, and it's a Title IX nightmare. Football? It's a sport called baseball. The sport has been dying for a couple uh, decades now. Um, if you look at these schools, the first sport that they cancel every time, uh, all these schools, is we're going to cut the baseball team. First thing we're going to do. Um, you know, it, it costs them money to build these stadiums. Uh, it's not, you know, something they use for anything else. Um, I think it is a Title IX nightmare just because of the scholarship situation. Well, uh, you have softball that offsets it. Yeah, but there's not as many softball players as there are baseball players. Well, baseball only gets like 11 point something scholars, 11.7 scholars. But it costs money um, to have a baseball field. All these schools are upgrading. So, I mean, it's, uh, I do think that we may be in a situation where, you know, if we don't get to play, if schools don't make some money, that, you know, I think baseball may be the first to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume uh, Major League Baseball plans on bringing back these minor leagues, but if not, do we see an expansion of the minor leagues? Uh, they contracted by like 42 teams or something. So. <laughs> That's right. There's, they're dying and have. There's no undoing that. They're, they're <laughs> kind of cutting the costs there a little bit. RIP yeah. King Sport Mets. I mean, baseball's always been a haves and haves not sport where, I mean, if you make it to the league, you're going to make good money. If you don't make it to the league, you're making no money, so I don't think anything's going to change that. So all you high schoolers out there that are banking on these college scholarships, listening to the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts, you heard it here first. Start studying. Because <clears throat> that .25 scholarship you thought you were going to get is probably unlikely. Um, the SEC met this past week. Uh, the assumption was they would follow suit with a 10-game conference schedule. I think everybody was surprised. They at least didn't come out and say they weren't playing the non-conference games. Um, rumor has it TCU has been calling SEC schools because they assume they're the only conference that, or the most likely conference that's going to play, and they need to find some schedules because yeah. their Pac-12 teams are not playing them. Um, so I assume the SEC follows suit. Guys, if that's the case, you're Tennessee fans. Who do you want Tennessee to add to the schedule this year? Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas and Old Miss. <laughs> uh, Arkansas twice. We'll just do a double hitter. Home and home. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Home and home with Arkansas. Uh, see, I'm, oh. I'm going to flip the script. As a Kentucky fan, give me Alabama and LSU. Um, the year is already going to have a giant asterisk next to it. 
I don't know how the whole bowl game situation is going to work. Um, but if you give us 10 games, if the year doesn't matter, this is going to be one of Kentucky's best teams in forever. Might as well give them a shot at the big boys. Um, let them let them roll after after Alabama, LSU. If they're going to win, this is probably a good year to do it, and there's no fans in the stands or limited fans in the stands. Um, so, I mean, I know you guys already play Alabama every year, but this is one of the few years that, hey, if we can't play a cupcake schedule, go ahead and just make it the hardest thing we can and see what happens because it's a, a bad fluky idea. year anyway. Um, I mean, I have no doubt Tennessee's going to get LSU and Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> just what happens. Uh, um, of note, the ACC has, is looking right now into talking with the SEC about after their 10-game set schedule, basically saying, hey, if we've made it through 10 games, We'll let we'll each let the conference play essentially their rival. You'll have Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Miami, Kentucky, Louisville. Um, if that were the case, who would, would Tennessee? Tennessee, Clemson. No, Clemson, yeah. South Carolina. There we go. Good. Yeah, yeah Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That That'd that's a, a great. One. It should be a rivalry. That would be a great rivalry. Like yeah. you know, like not that far apart. Mountain school, similar cultures. Um, both both have like super passionate fan bases that. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a great rivalry. That'd be that'd be a good game. Um, I do love though that with the conference schedule, a team like Kentucky is going to end up pl- going, you know, going to Texas A and M, to the Swamp, um, you know, to hotbed for COVID, and they're, and they're not allowed to play Louisville right down the street where there's very few symptoms. You know, Western Kentucky, these schools. Oh my gosh, um, it cracks me up, but. At least they have options. A, a conference that's having fewer and fewer options, boys. The Pac-12 is on life support, Chris. What is coming of the Pac? We call it the Pac-12, but they are soon to be the Pac-9, I think. Um, they're in trouble. I mean, I think they shut down the gyms, which shuts, shut down workouts. Um, so they can't work out. No team workouts. I I don't know that the Pac-12 is playing football this year. I mm-hmm. Do not do know they, that at all. Do they still have that same lame commissioner that they've had uh, for? He he he's Larry in some Scott. hot water. Larry Scott. Yeah, he he said something the other day about he was like talking about what a pay cut he took, and it turns out he took like a ten percent pay cut. <laughs> so he's still making like I don't know over two million dollars. So, uh, but he made it sound like he he sacrificed a whole lot, and uh, some school presidents were were not thrilled with the, how it came out, came off as looking. So he's somehow still commissioner. I don't know how. Whew. I mean, Stanford, which I assume even if all this blows up and, you know, all the colleges, you know, are financially ruined, Stanford's got an endowment that I assume rivals that of mm-hmm. like Ivy League schools. It's, I mean, I, I saw something like $27 billion or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, Unreal. Unreal. Um, but yeah. they went ahead and said, you know what? We're going to shed over 10 sports. Um, I mean, if you're premier. I mean, granted, it was like sailing and <laughs> underwater basket weaving and all this nonsense. But still, if your premier, both athletic and academic institution is saying, you know what? We're going to go ahead and start shedding some dead weight on this. That's not good, um, especially when there's not been any word about it. There's not been any, you know. Again, I think Larry Scott is easily the worst commissioner of all sports. I don't know how he still has a job. Uh, all the presidents don't seem to like anything he says or any decisions he makes, but he's got dirt on somebody because he still has a job and he's not working eleven or six to eleven shifts like some of us are. 
Well, guys, let's get to the NFL. It appears officially the Redskins' name um, has been retired, and evidently they are currently in a dispute, um, a patent dispute over the new name. They wanted to announce it on Monday, but evidently the team name they wanted to use is owned by somebody. I don't know if you guys saw. There's a couple people uh, in in and around Washington that just started – uh, trademarking everything they could come up with of possible names. One guy's been doing this for like five or six years, assuming this was coming. Um, so first, Hickman, what name? What are the Redskins going to go with? I have no idea. I'm, I mean, Red Tails, I know, is sort of a something thrown out there with homage to the Tuskegee Airmen. I, I have no idea. I, I mean. I assume it's going to be something. It's going to be red something, right? So they can keep the HTTR yeah. hashtag and all that, you know. Um, I think Hickman's I mean, on the right track there. I, I, I think Red Tails and Red Hawks are the two heavy favorites. Red See, States? I heard, what about... <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard Red Wolves was a... Uh, I saw that contender. one too. Uh, yeah. Arkansas State suing them. That's it. So that's the thing is like several other schools have already changed their name from Redskins. Um, I mean, I think at this point it's not worth arguing whether or not they should change their name. Um, I mean, a team that was the Knoxville White Skins would not be allowed. It would not be in existence. No. Uh, <laughs> but supposedly Dan Snyder has always wanted a, t- a name, uh, a team by the name of the Warriors. So the Washington Warriors does have a nice ring to it. The alliteration's good. Yeah, that's that's good. But uh, then, but, like, yeah, Golden State's the Warriors. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's branding issues. They're not going to sue them because you know. Why, I don't know, man. Why? Why is Golden State the Warriors? That. I mean, if you can survive in Oakland, I mean, you're a warrior. <laughs> why is Los Angeles? Or why is Utah the Jazz? I mean, it was New Orleans. There is no jazz in Utah. I can promise yeah. you that. That's a good point. Um, so I don't think it'll be the Red Tails just because I think Dan Snyder's not super happy they're having to do this, and that seems to be the most popular choice. Um, I mean, their own quarterback is is chanting and rooting for the Red Tails, um, but I do think the Red Hawks, the Red... They have um, a quarterback? Hey, Dwayne Haskins is a stud. If you're drafting in fantasy... If you're not, if you're paying less than if he's on the board for less than ten bucks, you better pay twice for him because he's worth it. Big year coming from Dwayne Haskins. That was that was Matthew Hickman that mentioned all that stuff. Um, yep, yep. Dwayne, Just like I said, Tron candidate in two thousand three. <laughs> um, so, question, guys. We like to wear jerseys. We got together this weekend. Hickman and AWOL showed up to my house wearing football jerseys. Um, would you wear a Redskins jersey? Well, Hick- Hickman did wear a Redskins jersey, so <laughs> um, I do. I am the proud owner of both a Gus Ferrat and a Heath Schuler jersey. Oh, double up! Mm-hmm. Um, my answer would be if I'm, I, yeah, if I had to like the jersey, I'm wearing it. Uh, yeah. Hickman, any problem with wearing a Redskins jersey? Even no, same, you- same thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's they're. Yeah, I would be fine. I got again. I wore my Gus Frat jersey this weekend, and honestly, it's more of a laugh. I don't. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, that's what all my jerseys are. They're all bad players, with the exception of like one or two. So, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Is there a jersey you guys would not wear? Uh, yes, Ray Carruth. <laughs> 
Which one doesn't somebody own a Ray Caruth jersey? I would not. I, wear I do not. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, and yeah, Aaron Hernandez I is a would good one. Definitely not wear Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yep, throw him in there too. I mean, different different reasons. He's a fine guy, but you know. Chris, are team. you wearing a Ray Lewis jersey? No, I hate the guy. No. <laughs> How about a I white mean, suit? I, mean, I would have to like the, part, the player for me to wear his jersey. So. Are you wearing a Michael Vick jersey? I, I, I wore one of those for a 5K one time. <laughs> sure. And your nips were bleeding, I'm sure. Uh, I do like that. Nope, whatever. sure weren't. I got nips of steel over here. Evidently. Yeah, who's who's on your no list, Logan? Who are you not wearing? Uh, I'm not wearing... It's um, a good question. Who am I not wearing? Ray Caruth probably be a tough one. Um, what about Joey Porter? You wearing a Joey Porter? Jersey? Nope, nope. I'm, I'll burn that with the Ben Roethlisberger. Um, <laughs> definitely not wearing Ben Roethlisberger. Um, that would be embarrassing. Remember, for a groomsman gift for your wedding, you got me a white Joey Porter Steelers jersey, which <laughs> was rather, uh, you know, amazing because years later I have a son who's named Porter, and. In the 2015 playoff game, Joey Porter completely ruined the game for the Bengals, even though he wasn't a player, by <laughs> running on the field as a coach and harassing Vontez Perfect. Yeah. The worst part about so that thanks. whole thing is the coach runs onto the field and harasses the Bengals player, but the Bengals are the ones who get the bad rap for uh, just uh, drives me nuts. Uh, I, you're right on that one. I don't have a – yeah. I would wear a Ryan Shazier Steelers jersey. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just wear it. I wouldn't walk around with it. That's fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh. I was waiting to see if somebody uh, picked up on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It took me a second. Anyway, that's fair. <laughs> I just thought you meant like you wouldn't wear it outside anywhere. And then I realized he can't walk. <laughs> oh. Okay, Chris. Some more yeah. players got paid this week. Yeah. Um, are you a big fan of Chris Jones and Derrick Henry getting paid? Uh, sure. Two guys I like, so uh, I'm a fan. Uh, last week we talked about Mahomes' contract, uh, giving the Chiefs some cost certainty about they know exactly what they're paying Mahomes, and I think that allowed them to sign Chris Jones to the contract. He got like four and eighty-five, basically three years are guaranteed. Uh, it's a lot of money. Uh, I think he'll he has a better chance of living up to his contract than Henry does. Uh, we mentioned I don't know ten episodes ago or something about running back contracts and how uh, awful they are. Uh, don't do it. They don't work out well. Uh, Henry's is basically two years, and let's see what you're doing at that point. Basically, just two franchise tags that were guaranteed. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I, I like Jones's chance because I mean. You have Mahomes, you're going to be winning games, so you need to get to the quarterback. Uh, I like that strategy there. Henry, whatever. And they have an out after two years if he hits a wall, which eventually he will hit a wall. I hope it's not next year, but we'll see. Hickman, is Henry hitting a wall this year? Uh, I don't think this year. He's, But he, I completely agree with Chris. Running backs hit walls, especially big bruising ones that you know deliver a lot of punishment. Um. Couple years, couple years. Next year, I think he'll still be pretty great. Yeah. Um, well, guys, the NFL is, is set on playing some football this year. 
Oakley uh, has come out with the new face shield for players to wear that they're testing out. Basically, it has like a shield over their eyes, which players have been wanting for years. Um, but then it has some sort of, I still can't understand it, basically way to make sure you can still breathe, but COVID doesn't get up in your up in your, uh, your, your face there in your mouth. I was surprised to see Mr. J.J. Watt said if they even suggested that he wear one of these face shields, that he would not show up to another practice or game the rest of the season. <laughs> like, J.J., is it that bad? Like, have you tried this and you couldn't breathe? Like, I don't understand. Oakley says that they this was designed by players with players in mind and all player input. Now, these could have been practice players or these could have been players that retired 10 years ago. I don't know. But, um, Chris, were you surprised that J.J. Watt was adamant that he is not wearing a face shield? Uh, I'm not. He's a tool. He comes off as a tool. <laughs> He's a guy I don't really like. And if we're being candid about it, He's very overrated. Uh, when, he's, when he's on the field, he is awesome. He's not on the field that often. So that's, true. that's my JJ Watt. That's what I have to say um, about that guy. I will say when he's on the field and he knows it's a pass, he is awesome. Um, he is an elite pass rusher. But, I mean, third down is that guy's time to shine. The fourth quarter when they have a lead is when he shines. Um but he, I just, I don't think he's an every down end that you, you know, he's not a guy that impresses me every down. Um, but you're right. Guy misses a ton of time. Um, so overrated, I don't know. He's still really good. But Hickman, would you wear one of these face shields if it meant playing football? Yeah. <laughs> good I'm also, I'm also not JJ Watt, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for, um, smart measures that we think contribute and help. I mean, there's uh, playing sports. There's always going to be, there's, there's going to be risk anytime you play football, not, not even COVID related. Obviously anytime you strap on a helmet, strap on pads, there's a significant risk to your physical, personal health. So that's still going to be a part of it. So I consider this like other, other things are smart um, innovations to help with safety. To, to mitigate those issues. So, yes, wear them. So, the NFL a few years ago basically banned the face shields for safety reasons, uh, part of the concussion protocol. Um, doctors basically said, if we can't see a player's eyes, that's not good. If this thing cracks, and basically we can't take the face shield off without taking the helmet off, and if they have a neck or head injury, we don't want to be messing with all that stuff. But if we can't see their eyes, we don't know. So, they kind of cracked down on that. But like in the Pro Bowl, they let players wear it. Um, but there are there are ways that you can get a face shield. It's pretty pretty spe- specific and pretty strict. Um, Hickman, favorite players of yours that have worn a face shield over the years? Because all the players seem to want to wear them. Yeah, I've got a few you know a few memories of guys wearing them. Obviously, the Danian Tomlinson was one of the first that came to mind uh, when he wore them. But I I loved old school coming in as a rookie, Ricky Williams slapping on the visor. Didn't know which way Ricky was looking. Might have been at his feet. Might have been at <laughs> the sky. I don't know. It wasn't at the uh, hole. It wasn't that. at the hole. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then uh, didn't he take an interview with his with his visor on as well? That sounds like something Marshawn. I don't. Do too. I don't remember. I like Ricky Williams. Uh, random, random thought. I had face shields. I also think beyond NFL. Um, Rip Hamilton just running around screens. <laughs> With that giant 
mask on his nose. I don't even know if the dude had a broken nose, but that dude wore, at one point. You yeah. just get used to wearing it and he just kept Yeah, he just yeah, him running a track meet every game. And here's here's a name for you. Way a big time throwback. All right. Uh NBA. Back up Utah Jazz Center, Antoine Carr would come in off the bench and have these like tinted Oakleys. Kid you not. Look at that. He would come in for Oster tag to spell him and shoot a couple of mid range jumpers for the late 90s Jazz and play terrible defense on some, you know, the center was on the other team. Uh, Y'all may not remember that name, but I definitely remember as a big fan of 90s NBA, that dude rolling off the bench wearing his tinted Oakleys. Rip Hamilton amazes me as a guy who had to wear a face shield after breaking my face. Um, I never could get used to it, much less loved it enough that just kept wearing it the rest of your career. Um, Chris, do you think it's a it's a competitive advantage for NFL players to wear a tinted face shield? Uh, no, I don't. And the, the reason I ask is a lot of defenders say that that gave um, Tomlinson a huge advantage. He even says he thinks it gave him an advantage to have a, a super dark tinted face shield. Um but do you think it's that big of a deal, or is it just that big of a deal for certain positions? Uh, I don't see what the deal is. Like, so you can't see where they're looking. Like, you can. Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, maybe it's how, it you inter- it's how you intercepted all those passes from free, from free safety. Uh, obviously, uh, um, you're at the eyes, man. Titans uh, safety Vicario. He basically said, "Like, listen, it does give you an advantage." But Patrick Mahomes doesn't need a visor to look me off, so I think it's possible to play well without it. Like <laughs> he's like Patrick Mahomes throws no looks all the time, and he doesn't need a visor. So, um, but yeah, I'm always curious. I, I, I mean, if a safety wears one, I can't imagine how that's helping them at all. But I do think if you had a running back, you know, a receiver, um, you know, a quarterback, I do, I do imagine it would help. Obviously, if your left tackle's wearing one, there's probably not much of an advantage there. Um, but not being able to see where you're juking, where you're looking. I mean, even just sitting there before the play, before the snap, you know, if you're a running back, you can look across the whole field without giving anything away. Um, I do think it's an advantage. Uh, guys, we got the NBA getting ready to start off. For some reason, the NBA and the MLS both decided that they were going to uh, jump into essentially the same bubble uh, in Florida, which is, um, I don't know, setting daily records for like two weeks in a row of coronavirus cases. Um, I assume they didn't know that when they made these decisions, but it's worth noting, uh, Hickman, did you throw this on there? Was this a Chris stat? Which one? That the last two strike sorting. I put that on there. That sounds like a Hickman stat. I should have (laughs) known. Um, the last Mm -hmm. two strike shortened NBA seasons marked the beginning of the Spurs dynasty from 99 to 2014. And then the heat from 2011 to 2014, um, Two dynasties that overlapped. You don't see that very often. Uh, but Hickman, what do you think is the most likely new dynasty or champion to come out this year? So I was thinking about that. I mean, it's usually when, when I mean, it's sort of just a coincidence those things happen. But the NBA cyclical, um, you know, dynasties come and go. So looking at it, like you think it's a team that has two pieces uh, for, for the long term. Um, you know, a, a Shaq and Kobe type situation of course that's once in a generation that, that would happen but um for the easy thought is is milwaukee they're really good um 
you know, they've they've got uh, you know Giannis and a couple other nice pieces they can can put around there. Um, but I'm going to go. The other sleeper is Dallas. Uh, you know, Luke and Kristaps uh, Porzingis being the two pieces. It's a smart front office with a good coach. So that's um, those are going to be my my picks for potential future dynasties coming off the strike short or not a strike shortened season, but a and a um, you know abbreviated NBA season. Chris, are, are the Mavericks the next likely dynasty in the NBA? Um, probably not. They have to get a third superstar. I don't know who the third third will will be. Oh, you don't um, need a third superstar. Oben? Yeah, that's Nerland's Noel, probably. Oh. I mean, you got to have three players, I feel like, these days. You do, but like the 99 Spurs had one superstar and then built a dynasty later with, well, with the smart front be, office. Back then, it was like first team to 85 points one. So <laughs> True. You, you needed a lot of Anthony Mason types. It's a little different. Uh I mean, I feel like you, you really do have to have three good players, and Persingas, I'm not sure, is the player. Suck at Douglas Martin. Oh. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could say Milwaukee, but Giannis could go somewhere else in yep. two seasons. He's probably likely to do that, even. Maybe. Yeah, they're, they're not keeping anybody. Uh, I don't know. Milton and Bledsoe are bolting, too? They're, they're yeah. older. They're, that's the thing. Like You like two young guys. Like, you know, Philly's interesting because there's, you know, Simmons and Embiid. They're they're not winning anything with those guys. Not in this <laughs> NBA. They they can't shoot. They, there's no space, floor spacing, and they're in a salary cap hell. I mean, those they're paying Tobias Harris like thirty something million dollars, maybe forty million even. It's insane. Yeah, it's like even some of the good teams in the NBA, you know, uh, Philly, the Celtics. I just don't think they're built for a dynasty. I like Chris. I think there's they they may have a year, maybe two left in them, but I just don't think, you know, um, I, I don't know who it would be. To be honest with you, I think one, it's hard to have a dynasty nowadays because players move so frequently. Um, I agree on that part. Yeah, so I, I don't know, um, but guys, there have been some awesome stories coming out of the NBA bubble. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that Rajon Rondo posted uh, his first night in his hotel room. He took a picture of the room and said, oh, my goodness, NBA, putting us up in a Motel 6. <laughs> um, I thought the room was was okay. I mean, it wasn't super luxurious or anything. I didn't think it was Motel 6. Um, but I also noticed, of note, that Rondo supposedly got injured the next day in practice and left the bubble. <laughs> um, so he, did, he hated the room so bad, he decided to get out of town. That, that's a very Rajon Rondo thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. He's not the easiest guy to get along with. Uh, we all know that. Um, another Kentucky player that plays uh, for the Clippers, who, you know, theoretically the Clippers have a chance to win it all. So, I mean, they potentially could be in this bubble for three months. Mm -hmm. Patrick Patterson decided, you know what? I don't want to have to be worried about washing clothes while I'm in the bubble. I assume he has somebody normally that washes his clothes. Gets into the bubble, doesn't want to have to worry about it. So the dude said he brought 200 outfits. Not 200 shirts, not 200 pairs of underwear, 200 outfits. Hickman, how many outfits do you have right now in your closet? Um, nine, six, <laughs> four. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my gosh. I have I'm wearing I'm wearing a shirt right now that I bought in the Houston airport 15 years ago. <laughs> I mean That's not even, okay, maybe 13 years ago. That's not even a joke. Chris, how do you pack 200 outfits? I don't I, I saw this on the outline and I was like I don't even know how to process this. Like, <laughs> does he think he's Cam Newton or something? Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you're not James Harden. Like, you're, I mean, not, you're not doing anything there. <laughs> no. I mean, you're stuck in this bubble by yourself, essentially. <laughs> I like you're in a hotel room. Where do you put 200 outfits? I mean, there's only like three drawers in a hotel room. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, but Patterson is not washing any clothes. Um, he is. I mean, I don't know if he just wears it and then throws it away. Like, I, I don't can know respect how that works. part of it, not want to do laundry. So <laughs> that part sure. I can respect. Hey, I mean, if you got the money, might as well. Um, but Chris, you talked about what, what are these players doing? I don't know if you guys saw uh, the NBA, uh, whoever it was that's in charge of this stuff, decided, you know what? It's not been the easiest transition for these guys. We're going to bring in a DJ and we're going to make sure they don't have the COVID. We're going to bring them in for a night and we're going to have a jam session. There was only a handful of people that showed up. Most notably, Dwight Howard was at the party by himself for most of the night, just playing whatever he wanted to. Evidently, somebody didn't think that, hey, if NBA players don't have any members of the opposite sex at a club, they're probably not showing up. Um, But by George, Dwight Howard showed up and supposedly stayed all night with his own personal DJ um, in the NBA club. So... Um, again, just ask the players, guys, y'all want a DJ? And they're all going to say, no, we don't want a DJ. I say, okay. Um, Chris, the NBA anonymous tip line, they put up a tip line that basically says if anybody's breaking the rules, I mean, some of these rules are as silly as no doubles ping pong. You can play singles, but no doubles ping pong. Uh, if you're playing cards, you have to swap out the deck every like five or six hands or something. I don't know. Um, but the big rules have to do with leaving the bubble and bringing things into the bubble. Um, Chris, supposedly the rumor is there has been lots of snitching. The hotline has been hot uh, as of late. What do you think the most common topic people are snitching on? Um, if, if there there's fe- has to be a female involved. <laughs> has to be. Got to be coeds. I mean, James Harden just got there yesterday. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you might have had a stripper or two packed into the bag. <laughs> My favorite, if you go through Twitter, there's all these Instagram models that are posting screenshots of text messages where players are trying to sneak them into the bubble. <laughs> I, I think my favorite Twitter moment uh, dealing with the bubble is one player said, hey, you can order DoorDash to deliver to the bubble. You just have to go get it. And so some player did that, and then they got that was a violation. So they'd be quarantined for ten days, and then and then the player the player that tweeted that tweeted, "Okay, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not." Well, and didn't I can't remember who it was, but didn't the player that leave didn't his mom also tweet on there? If you're leaving the bubble for food, it better it better be your mama's cooking or something like that. Like uh, I've seen that. It's like your that's mama's cooking is the only food good enough to leave that bubble for or something. But yeah, I mean that's. Um, you know, I mean, if you're the uh, if you're the opposing player and you're playing LeBron James the next day, are you not just ringing in all kinds of stuff? Um, I'd also like to see LeBron's room as he has his hyperbaric chamber and all that stuff sitting oh, yeah. in there. I mean, it's um, 
It's crazy. I hope it works. We need some NBA, but I got a feeling there's going to be a team in the finals that won like three games to get there because you're going to have all these other teams that had to forfeit and get suspended because COVID-related stuff. It'd be um, interesting if uh, you had like a Portland-Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> first-round matchup because I think, I think the starting point guard might be uh, Alex Caruso for the Lakers right now. So going against Dame and CJ McCollum, that could be an interesting matchup. I, I hear they're going to call up Nick Van Exel. Well, they may be calling up some of those white guys from Marshall that just played in the tournament that were knocking down trays, the whole thing. Um, guys, there has been a league that has tried to start. It has not gone well. I think I saw something like six of the first 10 MLS games were either canceled or suspended. Um, Nashville, nine players test positive. Dallas had like 10. Clearly that game did not happen. Um, Hickman, what would you set the odds are of, we can care less about the MLS, but of the NBA crowning a champion in 2020? So, right, I mean, I think every sport with the same thing, it's all like 50-50 to me right now. I, I just I just don't know. Like, uh, the my, my gut says none of it happens, frankly. Um, but my head says that there's too much money at stake that they'll find a way to get the TV revenue, um, you know, consequences be damned. So I don't know. Uh, that that's where I, that's where I sit. My gut says we're not seeing anything. Chris percent that we crown an NBA champion in 2020. Um, I'll go 23%. Okay. I just, I feel like if, if a player like Giannis or LeBron, uh, test positive and it, throws off the competitive balance that much what what do you do i mean you still just play the games like normal uh you're sorry your team screwed or, or what so uh that's that's the thing that i don't know what the nba is going to do i mean they have to have the policy and they have to be strict with it and go with it but i feel like if you have a potential mvp that tests positive and can't play for 14 days uh it, it, is it worthwhile like are people just going to tune out is it really worth playing at that point so that's, yeah, that's, that's where, the one thing I've never – I don't know what's what's going to happen when that happens. Yeah, I think you have a lot of people who talk – I was playing basketball with some guys today, and they're like, man, ratings are going to be crazy when we have all these sports and stuff. And to be honest with you, I think if they're good, if LeBron's in the playoffs, if Giannis is in the playoffs, I think ratings will be through the roof. Um, but if they're not, I mean, you know, people don't flock to watch, you know, Korean baseball. Uh, they talk about because it's right. on because ESPN has to show something, but ratings are awful for that. People don't just want live sports. They want live sports they care about. They want college football. They want NBA finals with the elite of the elite. They want storylines. If the storyline is COVID, they don't want to watch, um, which is also a reason why we got one more podcast in us, boys, and then we may be taking a hiatus. Chris, explain to the listeners yeah. what our plan is. So here's the plan. Next week will be episode 50. Uh, we'll record ex- episode 50 next Wednesday night. Woo! We'll post it Wednesday night. And we're going to kind of push pause on the podcast. Uh, to be candid, there's no sports going on. Uh, started this podcast a year ago, so the three of us could talk sports once a week for an hour. And, I mean, there's no sports. So it's <laughs> it, it really is really hard right now to come up with topics. Yeah. It's uh, – it's exhausting, and 
I feel like it's very redundant saying the same stuff as, I mean, I, I've been pessimistic, but I also think it's realistic saying, I don't know how sports take off, especially team sports, individual sports. They're fine. Uh, you look at PGA, the golf, uh, NASCAR, but let's be honest. I mean, we're here to talk about football. We're here to talk about basketball, uh, not really golf and NASCAR. So until sports return and actually return to some kind of normalcy, we're just going to kind of push pause. So, Next week, you'll have a good one. The week after, enjoy a different podcast. <laughs> and if you need a podcast, I don't know if you guys have seen, Kevin Malone from The Office has started a behind-the-scenes podcast. He dropped the first three episodes the other day. Um, oh. It's basically it's kind of like about like everything from how they picked the actors to do which characters, the character development, like all that behind-the-scenes type stuff. It's... They're short. They're super good episodes. Um, I think he's going to do, I think he's signed up to do at least 12 of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good, um, I mean, the girls had their, the, the office girls had their podcast. That was, yeah. that was a good one. Um, but Kevin Malone's is office specific and it just kind of goes in that behind the scenes stuff. So if you need something to tie you over for a little bit, check out Mr. Malone on the, on the office podcast. Um, but we're coming back next week and we're going to, we're going to blow it out. We're going to, we're going to go five Oh, Hickman never thought we would get here, um, but here we are. We will have episode 50 next week. Be there or be square. Catch you next week.